0: Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Uh, We are live at the 32nd annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. It's a hugely popular event, tons of people here um, at the Union County Agriculture Center in Monroe. The barbecue uh, is being served until 5 p.m., but uh, right now uh, we want to give away a a cake, a big coconut cake. I think it weighs somewhere in the neighborhood of like 30 to 40 pounds. I'm just kidding. but in order to give it away, uh, we've got Mark Harris, uh, who is uh, running for Congress, had already won a congressional seat, but then it was somehow not a congressional <laughs> seat that he won. And uh, But he, has, he, he got sick. He has recovered. He's now running again for the North Carolina 8th Congressional District. And for some reason, they've, they've asked you to determine who the, uh, the winner of this massive coconut cake, and it's from, what, Max? homemade desserts?
1: Max homemade desserts is the one that uh, did the coconut cake and Appleseed Realty uh, Judy Chapman is actually uh, one of the sponsors of this event, has it going on. And uh, as you can see, I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names in here. So, uh, Judy, I'm just going to draw one out. That's okay. And uh, won't look. I'll look this Mine's way. right
0: there on the top. We right got there. all the witnesses there on the
1: top. <laughs> okay. No, here. we have plenty of witnesses. Here we go. Here's uh, there's the one. It was folded several times. Who is it?
2: Wanda Medlin.
1: Wanda Medlin has won So, Wanda, if you're listening, then uh, you should be hearing from Judy very soon. And uh, congratulations on the great coconut cake from Maxwell homemade Desserts.
0: That is huge.
1: That is huge. Uh, She should have a great dessert for supper tonight. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Thank you, uh, Judy. That's one of the things they do here. So you've gotten some barbecue. You were serving some. Did you serve any of the Q no, or coleslaw? I, no, you just,
1: I, that only elected officials are serving, and so oh. I don't have that title quite yet. So uh, I've been just greeting people all day. I started early this morning with uh, some of your other hosts. Yeah, yeah. And, I uh, heard John
0: with Bo and Beth this morning. Yeah. Uh, so, so you look good. You're doing well. I mean, because I, I, I made a, a, a comment, a joke, if you will, about how, uh, I mean, because but it was really touch and go. And we've I, I've talked with you. Uh, I guess when the book came out, the thirteenth yes. ballot. I think you said, um, and you had you were seriously ill after. What was that? Four years ago? Now? That well, actually,
1: the- it now is coming up on six years ago. Gosh! Um, well, five I- years ago, I guess if you get twenty nineteen, okay. uh, is when it happened. I got sick in January of twenty nineteen. Went in the hospital. Went to the emergency room. Thought I had the flu. Turned out that I actually had an infection that had gotten loose. I was actually when I got to the emergency room, I was sepsis, hmm. and um, it just kind of went from there. And uh, they found through that weekend that I had a hole in my heart. Uh, and then when the blood was infected and I was sepsis, that blood got on the wrong side of my heart, went up my carotid arteries and showered my brain. Oh, no. But as I said in, in this morning and talking to Bo and Beth, one of the things that was a blessing in all of that is that it was as if the infection went up evenly on each side. So it left no lasting damage. And it, really? the doctor said, if, if you just take the simple math, 50 pieces of infection, if they'd gone up, 10 on one side and 40 on the other, and that 40 had hit some part of your brain, you would have lost all that capability, and so I could have been left as a vegetable, I could have been left unable to talk, unable to walk, but by the grace of God... Um, it did not have any lasting effects. I've came through it. Um, in fact, when we went through the ordeal down there in Raleigh, I actually had a pick line that was going to my heart, and my wife was giving me IV antibiotics uh, twice a day, seven in the morning, seven at night. Wow! And um, but nobody knew that right uh, at that particular time. But because um, this went,
0: was the contested ninth district, I think it was, was at the time. At that time. Right. Correct. Correct. And this Correct. was with McRae dowles who had been accused of. Uh, uh, what ballot harvesting I guess, right, which they, now I think is legal, by the way. Well, it's not in North <laughs> not Carolina. Not in North Carolina. Not in North Carolina, right.
1: but there are a number of states that did. And, yeah. And that was the really tragic part in all of that because, you know, they accused him, but again the title of the book that came out of it, Thirteen Ballots, was based on the fact that very few people knew because again the media goes wild and create their own narrative, but Little did people know that those 13 ballots were all that he was actually charged with taking possession of, and that was over three election cycles, including all the way back to 2016 when I wasn't even a candidate in the fall of 2016. In my actual election that was overturned, he was accused of two uh, or charged with taking possession of two ballots. It was the first time, Pete, in the history of North Carolina that an election was overturned uh, when the number of ballots in question would not have changed the outcome of the election. Right. I mean, I, on election night, I was up by 1,800 votes. After they finished counting provisional ballots and all that stuff coming in late, my lead had been cut to 905. And so that's just the facts.
0: It, it, was there any ev- uh, any evidence ever um, produced in any of the Board of Elections hearings or In any of the subsequent uh, investigations or something where there were enough votes, where there could have been enough votes, never this was a widespread enough operation that it it may have
1: a thousand votes? There never was a mention. All that they would say is it was media. you got to remember, the administrative hearing is all that should have been with the state board elections. They turned it in to what my wife talks about in the book, the show trial. Yeah, sure. And and turn it in. Even the fact that they did it at the state bar, and they did it where they put the board up in front like they were judges. And, and there was no due process. We, we were not... Uh, had no opportunity to do depositions of mm. witnesses. None of that. I mean, any attorney that you had went in with arms tied behind his back because you really didn't know what was going to come. They call them quasi judicial exactly uh, uh,
0: proceedings. Oh, and I I've, I've, sat of the, uh, I've sat through enough of the I've sat through enough of the election board meetings and seen challenges to residency and that sort of stuff. And it's it's a joke because That's right. it, it, it just depends on who's sitting at the at the table judging and the party affiliations of the people you're challenging and who's doing the challenging.
1: and and people tried to tell me even in december they said mark this is a trial balloon for what is going to come uh in the future and you know they brought in mark elias Mm -hmm. they brought in all of the big guns uh for this thing and I personally think they felt North Carolina in 2020 could turn out to be what Georgia turned out to be. By the fact that Trump won Mm -hmm. uh, in North Carolina kind of took that off the table. But obviously Mark Elias was doing a lot of work in North Carolina, working the Board of Elections. Still does. uh, During that time, still does. And, you know, but anyway, I... Well, the now,
0: you, yeah, but now you're running. This is district date, so you've uh, right. you got the primary coming up, and so yes, you, you're feeling good. Uh, so, right, so. Uh uh, you, you, I'm looking. At, I was doing this topic Oops. the last hour. That's fine. The uh, the question that was about the uh, I was going to ask you about like the continuing resolutions and the border deal. Are You following any of this stuff at this I point? Have. Or are you
1: okay? Well, you know, it's changing every day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, and I've been inside the barbecue. I know right. When we sat down, I said, "So what's happened in the news?" Right. Today? I was like, "Here, take a look." Because yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been trapped. <laughs> you know, obviously, we're dealing with a very serious situation. Uh, I've told folks a long time the border is the biggest issue. Um, I just believe, because if you want to talk about national security, you better look at the border. If you want to talk about our economy, look at the border. If you want to talk about education, look at the border. All of these things that are happening where kids are being taken out of their schools so that we can put illegal immigrants in there and they can go learn from home. That's insane. And so we've got to secure that border. And I'm, you know, all these deals have been going on up there. Um, I had heard last night that um, Speaker Johnson had said clearly that what was being proposed out of the Senate uh, was going to be a no-go. It would almost be DOA. That was good to hear because there were some things in there that were not going to be good at all. So we've got to secure the border, and and I just believe that's a key issue. Um, And then the spending is another big issue. We've got to get back to doing 12 appropriation bills and doing them together. Mm -hmm. One of the things, Pete, that has got to happen is elections matter. I mean, at the end of the day, we all get mad at Congress. We all get mad at the Speaker. We all get mad at whatever we want to get mad at. But at the end of the day, numbers do matter. And unless we get a majority, that is a serious working majority in the U.S. House, then we're going to continue to limp along in trying to do anything. And right now, with with the people that are retiring, that have resigned, with people that are illness ill on day-to-day, mm-hmm. um, I think there's two. I think I heard there may be a two-vote uh, padding that, that yeah. Johnson's working with. Yeah. Makes his job next to impossible. Yeah. Um, I'm a strong advocate for the Freedom Caucus uh, and standing strong. I've I've committed in 2018 that I would join the Freedom Caucus. Um, I committed in 2018 that I was going to support Jim Jordan Mm -hmm. to be Speaker of the House. Well, we didn't win the majority, so he wasn't to be Speaker. But I went during orientation. That's the first thing you do in the first week on Wednesday is we got to elect who was going to be our nominee. I voted for Jim Jordan uh, rather than Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Kevin ended up winning. Kevin became the minority leader. In that Congress. But again, you've got to look at the reality and we've got to figure how do we stand strong to get our nation back on a solid economic footing. And at the same time, how do we move forward as a country? And you got to find that balance.
0: Reverend Mark Harris, candidate for uh, North
1: Carolina's District Eight. I appreciate you coming by. Thanks so much. It was really good to see you again. I'm so thrilled to be all here. Right. thank
0: you for having me. Pete Callender here, sitting across the table uh, with the man who actually makes all of this stuff happen. I think it's Shane Green. Uh, you're the you're the fat off the bone. You're the barbecue guy. You're the pitmaster. You're the one that you're the one that without you. Nobody would be eating. i
3: tell you, that's a lot of pressure. I, I don't know about that, but uh, Rodney Pierce and I uh, do fat off the bone. It's uh, We just love to cook. We've been doing it for – he's been doing it a long time. We do the beer, bourbon, barbecue festivals, and because we're local, when they call from Crime Stoppers, we said, sure, we'll help. So this is our second year doing it, and uh, this year it was bigger than last year. I think uh, we cooked 2,500 pounds of pork last year, 2,800 this year. And last year we did 600 pounds of turkey. We did 800 this year. 35 gallons of sauce, 600 pounds of slaw a lot of food yeah mm-hmm. and it's just you and one other guy you're no you're lord no 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 oh, i was gonna no, say no, listen like no, all goodness. we do man <laughs> listen what we are is we're called supervisors that's what we <laughs> i
0: don't think that's what you're called behind no, your back we man.
3: listen we got about we got about eight people that help us and uh-huh. if it weren't for them this wouldn't happen right we, we got guys that help and they just step up know what to do and uh, you're only as good as your weakest link and we got a lot of good help
0: so, uh, people uh, might also recognize your voice if they listen to Wixie, W I X E, 93 1 FM, 1190 AM. Uh, you're the morning guy over there. You're the program director as well so i mean do you do you have any other jobs besides like doing all the barbecue and well, programming directing I, hosting in the mornings like uh i used
3: to dance over a place in gastonia <laughs> but they closed so no uh, uh, uh um no the radio i've been doing 25 years uh, i just love to cook and actually rodney and i connected with each other because you would hear me talking about cooking on air and
0: um we just kind of got together and the rest is
3: i guess history as they say
0: Wait a minute. He he hears you talking about cooking, so he thinks... This is a guy who knows how to talk about cooking, so yes. I got to go into business with exactly. him. He just I'm assumed gonna, that you were actually good at yes, cooking. Yes,
3: exactly. He's like, I'm going to get up with him. If nothing else, I know a lot of people, so that you That's know true. that helps.
0: That's uh, true. That helps out a lot. Well, also you're, you're entertaining, right? Because you're in you're in radio, so even if he can't cook, at least he could be entertained yeah. while you know you're working together. Yeah, he
3: can do the cooking, and I'll just do the entertaining and talking to people and all that stuff. Uh, but no, it, it's a it's a lot of fun. We y'all have drank a bottle of our barbecue sauce and. and <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's saying something because there's no meat on the table.
0: This is just barbecue sauce. <laughs> that's right. so, it is. There's just a, bo- there's a squirt bottle back here of that barbecue That makes me feel Half good. empty. Alright, so what's the, what's the sauce?
3: Uh, well, we, when we started doing this, people would say, is that a vinegar sauce or a sweet sauce? And we'd have one of each. And it'd be, I want sweet, I want vinegar. So we just sat down and came up with one that was and for lack of a better way of saying it, it's called a hybrid sauce. It literally is a little sweet, little vinegar. Everybody seems to like it, you know. You might have had better, but if you did, we made it too. So,
0: <laughs> Well, the um, the one that's not mentioned here is or represented, I see, is the South Carolina uh, barbecue. The mustard sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen any of that. Listen,
3: I'm a South Carolina guy. I'm from Pageland. Oh, uh, yeah. Rodney's a North Carolina guy. I do make a vinegar, I mean a mustard-based sauce, but... Uh, if I'm doing something just me, or if it's something somebody asks for, we'll do mustard based. But on something like this, well, you go through so much sauce that you kind of have to come up with something and just make it. Cause, yeah. you know, look like we're making meth. We got a van out there. We're making, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we got facts of this <laughs> sauce being made. <laughs> what? It's not meth. I'm just saying it. No, know, it's
0: just like meth. Yeah, it's like,
3: like a, You got a little wide brim hat and a right. little mask on it. Right, right.
0: Yeah. Same thing. Right. Yeah. I would know nothing about the cooking of the meth. No, me neither. Oh, I, I sure. just
3: saw it on Breaking Bad.
0: Same here. Yeah, just from the television. And I had a friend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Right. So, all right. You did 25 or 2800 pounds mm-hmm. of barbecue. Yeah. You said what? 800 of turkey. Yes. And do you know how much of the of the sauce? Uh, the sauce we made 35 gallons. And
3: the slaw? And the slaw was 600 pounds. How much is left? There's probably four cases of slaw left. We have maybe 15 or 20 bucks left, and there's a good bit of turkey left and plenty of beans. So, you know, we want everybody who wants something to eat to be able to get it. But at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is raise money for Crime Stoppers because it's a very worthwhile organization. They've solved a lot of crimes in the 40 years they've been around Union County, and you won't find a better organization to support than yeah. this one. Man, and it's a great I'm sorry, shameless plug, if y'all want to check out Fat Off the Bone's YouTube channel, feel free. And also, we have a Facebook page and a group that y'all can check out if you'd like to, and we'd love to cater your event.
0: Fat Off the Bone. You can send them an email as well, Bone at gmail.com. Shane Green, uh, thanks for your time, buddy. I appreciate it. Good oh, luck man. to you. Thanks yeah? for having me. Absolutely. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials camping and hiking supplies even, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Pete Callender here at the 32nd Annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. It is at the Union County uh, Agriculture Center in Monroe, and uh, they've got barbecue remaining. It's going to be here till 5 o'clock. Sitting across the table from me right now is Brian Rogers. Uh, He is the president of the Jesse Helms Center, which is located at Wingate University, right?
4: Yep. It's a university, right? It it is. Okay, good. But we're separate from the university. But you're separate from the university,
0: but you live the building. We're right across the
4: street from Gotcha. University. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. so it's separate though. Um, and so, uh,
4: first off, why do you come to this event, uh, this this barbecue event? Well, Union County is a great place to live. This is where Senator Helms was born and raised, and. Uh, the Helms Center was established in 1987. Helms went to then Wingate College when it was a junior college. Um, As I, a,
0: a grad from Winthrop University, I, but it was a college for so long. That's right. Right. So that's, I, right. that's why
4: I'm always... People get confused. <laughs> <Right>. Wingate, Winthrop. <laughs> right. But, uh, right. And it is Winget, not right. Wingate, not uh, Wingate. Not Wingate, exactly. Right. Uh, but uh, But I went to school at, at, at Wingate and um, just fell in love with this county and When I left school in 1993, there was 87,000 people living in Union County. And we're almost, you know, a quarter of a million That's crazy. And so uh, the sheriff's great here and Reed Helms and all of them. So it's great to be out here and support because I know Senator Helms would be here if he were with us today.
0: I'm pretty certain about that as well. Um, So uh, speaking of um, Senator Helms, I spent yesterday doing the speech of... uh, Javier Millet, the Argentinian president, who went to the World Economic Forum. Not so sure Senator Helms would have been a fan of such an organization. (laughs) Um, And he delivered this speech that has now... um, I I mean... I don't want to oversell this because, as a lowercase L libertarian type of guy, limited government guy, like there, there's always this 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 hold out hope that this is the libertarian moment where people are going to like latch onto these ideas. Not that Senator Helms was a libertarian, but these concepts of freedom, free markets, uh, lifting people out of poverty. Um, I don't know. Like, and this it does tie into the work that you guys are doing over there. Well, let me ask you, you: watched the speech, or some of the speech?
4: You saw some of the yeah, some did, of the clips? It was uh, rewarding to see. Uh, someone speak up in, a, in a, you know South America and, mm-hmm. um, you and I were talking off the air uh, Hernando De Soto the Peruvian economist who was like a rock star kind of introduced he was their Milton Friedman uh, for a lot but to come as an elected official and see it because uh, Senator Helms cared about Central America and South America and he knew the threat of communism and very aware of that and, and very much understood that we're not nation builders but The freedom and free markets were important and you look at Chile and and what they had done with pension reform and now you're seeing it in Argentina maybe it'll spill into Brazil I don't know I mean but it's it's certainly very positive yeah he would think it's very positive well and if those countries
0: become stronger Mm -hmm. and economically self-sufficient and stable then maybe you see pressure relieved off of the southern border because people aren't trying to flee failing governments
4: maybe they'll have a problem people wanting to come into argentina i'm looking (laughs) at it i was i
0: said i was looking at it for a potential retirement spot that's Um, right so uh this dovetails into one of the programs that you guys uh run uh this free enterprise leadership challenge uh so
4: tell us what is this free the felc what is that well when the helm center was uh established to house the senator's archives uh we have our own building and a little bit of museum and Senator Helms and Mrs. Helms said we don't want a dusty old museum about Jesse Helms we want living programs aimed at young people because when he was in the Senate he met with over a hundred thousand young people and he kept people waiting heads of state uh, CEOs it didn't matter if you came to his office and he was there you'd get a picture and he'd love taking you on a tour and so that was established in 1995 with an emphasis on experiential learning of learn by doing and in free enterprise, because uh, we felt it was under threat then. Hmm. And since 1995, we've grown into uh, seven sessions and six different states. We're not just in North Carolina, we're in Pennsylvania and Florida and Texas and South Carolina. And the idea is teaching high school kids the true uh, merits of free enterprise and that you're only successful by your hard-earned uh, effort And we call it earned success, just like Arthur Brooks, a guy that what he writes about really is a lot about FELC. And so these students learn not through TikTok, but through the spoken word, they have speeches, they have presentations they do, uh, exporting a a product out of the United States into a foreign country. And so they kind of learn free trade, they learn property rights, they learn rule of law, they understand free speech. Uh, and so, taught the right way.
0: And so what, this is like a week-long or so workshop for kids? They come in on
4: a Sunday and leave on a on a um, Thursday afternoon. Okay. And I tell them, I said, there, there's no therapy dogs here, and this is not a swim camp. You're going to be working. And they get a little fear, kind of, I call it a, a deer in headlight yeah. kind of look. And at the end, they're bubbling, they're smiling, they work very hard, and they, they understood They, it's real money they make and they get to decide what to do with that money at the end of the week so well, it's a unique program
0: right and res, you know resistance uh or, or uh, yeah resistance to a to, uh, challenge builds that strength and that then gives people confidence that they can overcome these other types of resistance that's the whole that's the whole point and now you have that confidence now you think okay well now i am going to do these other things and you're not intimidated and for a young kid i see like a lot of them today I don't mean to sound like the old guy, but like young kids today, but they they don't seem to be uh, equipped to overcome
4: challenges or even think that they can, and they can. We have a Lincoln-Douglas-style debate where everybody, and we break them into companies, have to speak. And and time and time again, every session, there are many kids that are scared to death of public speaking, which I understand, but that they have to do it. And some even have to volunteer to do a public speech, a three-minute speech, and by the end of it, they they become confident. They've learned, hey, I, I can do that. And so it's rewarding to see really it's it's their what what their input yeah. um makes it successful.
0: And uh, the cost of this is actually defrayed by a lot of donors, right? So the kids they, they do have to come up with some of the money themselves, but for them it costs like a little over two hundred bucks, right? Or I guess if they do the early bird registration, it's a little bit under two hundred. Right. Um but there but and you, what you say, 60 to 100 kids That's take right. part in these things each, and each session. Each session mm-hmm. um, and so if, if anybody is interested in this program and they want to maybe help pay for these kids to take these classes and to get an education on free enterprise and maybe make better citizens for the entire country when we get older, how would they go about doing that?
4: Well, one, we're blessed to have donors from all 50 states that support this. and uh, But they can go to felcexperience.org. And that's our webpage or jessehelmscenter.org and uh, make a contribution for that. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. And, um, you know, we don't talk politics. We talk uh, principles Mm -hmm. and have a core of them understanding that. And that's that's really, it reflects well. Have a very diverse group of students who are hungry, who don't know these things, that are actually learning truth. And... um, as a sidebar, one of the young ladies who, from from Texas, actually, who participated two years ago, is now helping us, you know, on staff. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, her name is Gabby. Uh, and then last year I learned uh, that her first name is not Gabby. It's America. Ah. And I said, why did your family name, why are you called America? And her dad said, because this is the greatest place where you have the greatest opportunity. And uh, that's rewarding to know here she is. Now, she said she got teased a little bit with that name. I Mm -hmm. said, but you have songs named after you, Gabby. That's true. A whole
0: holiday, a whole country. And so
4: what's rewarding is seeing these young people want to pass it on to, yeah. to their peers. Yeah. And that's that that's a testament to the hard work of all our staff and, and the idea behind it and how we grow and advance freedom.
0: Yeah. Uh, the website again, FELCExperience.org. Uh, Brian Rogers, the Jesse Helm Center President. I appreciate you coming by. Always good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you, all Pete. Right. Take care. Pete Callender here at the uh Union County Agriculture Center in Monroe and uh, here for the 32nd annual Union County Crime Stoppers barbecue event. Big fundraiser for a great cause. Uh, If you uh, are looking for some uh, food to bring home on this Friday afternoon, swing on by. They still have a couple hundred pounds, I want to say, of uh, of Q and turkey and slaw and beans. so come on by. Uh, Brett Winterbull's getting ready to take over, so he'll be here. Say hi to him um, or, or not. Maybe just, like, take some pictures of him, stalk him, whatever. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just letting you know what would make him most uncomfortable <laughs> when he's here. <laughs> um, oh, no, I kid. I kid. Thanks to, uh, to everybody uh, who had stopped by the table uh, for the chats. I do appreciate it. Um, it's been a, a great event. It, it still is a great event. You can come on by. I did see a story, though, that I kind of feel is um, completely unrelated, but uh, I felt like I should I should bring it to you, because I had never heard of such a thing before, um, except with fish. Apparently, the guy, Birdseye, uh, the guy who made Birdseye food, like he apparently discovered the rapid freezing technique with fish. They came back to life after they had been frozen very quickly. They came back to life, which is kind of crazy but that's how and then he made flash freezing a thing and then we all made we, we all make now you know flash frozen vegetables and stuff um but apparently you can do the same thing uh with a cat I, I i do not recommend this i'm not people to do that i think you would be in violation of animal cruelty laws um and i love cats so this one it like so it made me sad but then it kind of made me happy because he the cat did not die it was it was a little catsicle um it frozen, and I would not have believed. In, I would not have believed it had I not seen it on a video. On a, it was like a TikTok video, and you know they don't lie. Um, and uh, the video uh, came out of China, and so you know they don't lie either. Commies never lie. No, of course they do. But I, I, I do believe that this occurred because, it, like, you could see it. Unless it's AI, which I'm not so sure. Maybe. Okay, it might be AI. I don't think it is AI. But a woman in China revived a frozen kitten using her hair dryer. Now, you, can't, you don't put the hair dryer directly on the cat because it'll get really hot. You've got to kind of wave it around the cat. Wave it back and forth, get the warm air flowing. But that's not all she did, though. There was uh, this EcoWatch Insight channel posted footage of the video which showed the woman finding the kitten as it was crying in the cold. She then takes this kitten and you could see it's like frozen and it can't move. It's just like a frozen block. Now maybe like its skin wasn't frozen, maybe the hair froze and that's what kept it in a position. I don't know. So she brought it into the house and she put it into a a little sunbeam coming through a window. Gave it a blanket and then took the hair dryer to it.
2: Two six packs of shiner, 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a gas, at all to do her. I can feel a good one.
0: So the kitten then grows responsive. It makes a full recovery. It's now m- named Mimi and has been adopted by uh, her savior. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Three longs in a rag-top
2: Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long so I Skinner-divin' in the bright the Situation down. couldn't be more right now here we are we going to get the feeling right we going to keep this body rock until the break of dawn yeah i can feel a good one feel like a good one i can feel a good one coming
0: on so according to national geographic Cats originated in the Middle East, which is why like, they're desert. That's why they cover up their, their waste in the sand like that, you know, because it's like their instinct. But because of that, they're not as equipped to handle the cold weather as some other animals, like particularly dogs. So catsicles, yes, hair dryer. Dogs, dogsickle, not even a thing. So, all right, well, there you go. Now you know. I'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.